this is not something that is happening to me. This is something that I am happening with in time right now. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And in episode 261, we reflect on another year gone by, 2016, examining what worked, what didn't, why, and what's next. On this episode, we publicly celebrate our victories, learn from our stumbles, unpack lessons learned, and set our intentions for the year ahead. Stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors, which is now available in the iTunes App Store. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole bunch more, go to Rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn all about the great new features available to you right now in this newest version of Rehearsal. The groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. And P.S., you can now gift this app. Not now. You've always been able to gift this app. But uh, now is a great time to gift this app to another actor in your life using an iPhone or iPad to learn their lines and book the office. That's Rehearsal.pro slash IAP. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Back at it again with that review and renew. This is it. Um, this is it. It's kind of, oh man. So is it just me or is it like kind of scary to acknowledge the passage of time sometimes? Like time is a beautiful thing. And I know that we're only here for like a little blip, but I don't like what happened. I didn't 2016 just like came and went, but beat the crap out of us first. And then it, oh man so our speaking of our review documents are posted the membership if you'd like to follow along and uh follow along with this this episode more more closely it's like uh it's like the bullet points or the outline yeah yeah (laughs) you know sometimes these these review episodes i i think they're so valuable they're my probably my favorite aspect of, of doing the podcast um just the practice of, of being intentional and mindful about what, what it is we do in our lives and careers. But sometimes there's so much information that it can feel a little muddled just listening to it. It's kind of like, wait, where are we? What are we talking about? Who's who's talking? Whose issue is this? <laughs> that kind of thing. So um, I highly recommend if you're listening to this where and you're, and you're in a place where you can pull up uh, you know the membership, you do that so you can follow along um, and you can see in print sort of where we're at with each other's Reviews. So that said, AJ and I have each put together a pretty thorough document for ourselves to that, that kind of just you know goes through our years, talks about the sort of major um, sticking points and lessons learned and major victories, and we're just going to take this episode to really. 
talk to each other about how how the year went and ask each other questions and just let the discussion sort of go where it goes as far as you know un- unpacking our years so let's let's kick this off man i mean i i really want to start this by taking a look at the podcast itself and how yeah, the podcast this did this breakdown. year. So I, I took a little bit of time last night to jump into Podbean, who is the service we use to host our podcast, and take a look at some of the stats for the past year and compare them with the stats that I had easily available to me from the previous year, from 2015. So just taking a look at that, how did we do as a, as a podcast by the numbers? And there's some pretty interesting stuff here. So the we produced 42 episodes in 2016, which is 10 shy of one a week. So I know we took some time off uh, here and there for various reasons, my car breaking down and, and we had, you know, a few holidays and things like that in there. I don't know exactly how many episodes offhand we published in 2015, but I think it was about the same. So it's a, that's a pretty good clip, I'd say, for an indie podcast like us. Yes. Uh, as far as listener engagement, we had 168,483 downloads of our podcast episodes in 2016, which uh, is an increase uh, over 130,391 from 2015. So that's nice. Some nice growth there. And these are episodes that were downloaded. They were actually downloaded physically to somebody's device, not streamed. That's over the entirety of the podcast, right? Not just the 2016 that episodes? Is, that is just 2016. Yeah. So oh, this just year, just from January to now, we've had 168,000 plus downloads of our, of our episodes. And in 2016, from January till now, as far as feed hits goes, this is the number of times that listeners actually accessed our feed to stream an episode, to download it, whatever. That number is creeping up close to a million. Uh, that was 807,609. And in 2015, that number was 741,864. So we're seeing some decent growth there. That is uh, 70,000 almost more. Uh, total feed hits this year than last year. I, I'm taking all these numbers and dividing them by 42, the number of episodes that we oh, did, yeah, and it's, pr- it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to look at. I mean, we, we can, I think we can finally comfortably say that we're <clears throat> upwards of 20,000 uh, listeners. Uh, I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool, and it's, it's cool to see, too, how it breaks down. I mean, 72% of our audience is in the U.S., but some of the countries that show up on that list of top 10 countries that, that, uh, that listen to the show is pretty cool. Like, we've got a, a nice little listenership in, like, Finland and France, and the U.K. is a big one, Australia, India. Uh, it's, it's really kind of cool to see where people are, are tuning in from. So, hi, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. It is really fun to, to see that. Our top downloaded episode of all time, this was surprising to me. Not not because I think it's like a surprisingly, you know, a surprising episode. It was just kind of like, oh, that's the one? Is Kevin Sorbo, part one. That is the top downloaded episode of all time, which, which makes sense given that Hercules was the top TV show in the world for several years there. Yeah, I was going to say that probably gets a lot of uh, international play you know yeah. uh, you, you were just mentioning the different countries that listen so yeah yeah so that, that makes that makes sense uh and then uh of our audience that are listening um that's a weird statement because everybody's listening if they're our <laughs> audience uh two about about two-thirds of them are listening on a mobile device which i think is good information to know 62 percent of listeners that are listening on their mobile device are listening via an iphone 
which is kind of interesting. You can, they can log into Podbean and see like who's listening via an iPad, an iPhone, who's using the built-in podcast app, who's using something else, things like that. It's, it's really kind of fascinating to see how, pe- how people are engaging with the content and tuning in. Uh, and then um, total mailing list subscribers. I kind of wish this number was bigger. 750 as of this recording. Um, in 2015, I think we had crossed the 500 threshold or so. So, so it's slow growth on our mailing list, but it's really um, cool to see it growing and to know that people enjoy that. In fact, some of the reviews we've been seeing on iTunes, people are um, recommending other people subscribe to our mailing list, which is, which is nice. Uh, Twitter followers is about 11,000. And uh, Instagram followers followers is uh, over 500. So big thanks to Timothy Patrick, who did many, many months of pro bono work for us, uh, growing our social media presence. We miss you, Tim. Hope you're doing well. And thank you for your awesome service in, in pushing us over the top uh, with Twitter followers, over 10,000, and uh, getting our Instagram started, because we didn't have that a year ago. We didn't have our Instagram uh, account. So uh, some some solid growth for the podcast, and I just want to wrap up this section by asking you guys, our listeners, what do you want from us? Like, what do you want the podcast to be doing or featuring or talking about that we're not right now? I mean, I, I would love to see this thing keep growing, and I want to hear uh, your feedback. Good, bad, ugly, everything. Let us know. Do not be shy. Please write in, call us, uh, whatever, and let us know what we could be doing more of what we could be doing better, what we could be doing less of, <laughs> that kind of thing. Would really love to hear your feedback so we can make this thing awesome. So that's the podcast this year. Pretty cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for putting that together. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat. And I'll I'll make sure to include those numbers uh, in the actual um, membership for anybody that wants to see. We've been sort of protective of those numbers in the past, but going forward, I see no reason to keep that private. I don't know if these numbers are good or bad or what a successful podcast looks like, but there they are. So let's talk about our individual years. And I want to start off by revisiting the word that we each chose for 2016. Your word, AJ, was abundance. And my Mm. word was music. So that was a word that we chose to help guide us uh, moving through the year intentionally and, and maintaining the focus, a sort of anchor word. So I'll go ahead and start off by asking you, how did uh, this word, abundance, manifest for you in 2016? Um, well, I, I wrote out some of my thoughts on my review and renew document. And, um, you know, as far as money goes, which is what most, what we mostly think of when we think of abundance, uh, that was actually pretty successful because, you know, as I'll share later when we talk about wins and stuff, tons of debt, worked that down, uh, significantly got to a place where, uh, you know, we feel comfortable. The credit card debt that we had incurred from moving across the country twice in as many years is, is not, I wouldn't say gone, but it's, it's down to like a manageable, you know, we don't feel like we're drowning in that anymore. But what I forgot about this word abundance is that not only is it a beingness, it applies in other areas besides the financial domain of one's life. Mm -hmm. Abundance can be, can be applied to relation your relationship domain it can be applied to 
career domain. It can be applied to health domain, like any area of your life. You can apply this word because the opposite word is scarcity. And scarcity definitely, I, I, I think, scarcity or a scarcity mindset is probably what led to some of the biggest breakdowns of my year. You know, I wasn't presencing abundance. I wasn't being abundant in in all areas of my life and, and just allowed it to be applied to the one domain of, of finance, which you know, was successful. There's some, there's some, there's some success to be celebrated there for sure. Do you feel that the process of choosing a word like this to, to sort of guide you uh, throughout the year? Do you feel like this was effective? I think it was for say the first half of the year, but as I'll talk about in some of the, what didn't work later on, well, this is one of my big takeaways too, from 2016, which is, I feel like the part of the reason that you see very highly successful people have rituals and routine and habit in their life is because it allows them to be as bulletproof as as possible. Meaning that when something happens and their world is sort of shaken up for one reason or another, they can weather that storm a lot easier because they have these things in place. And there were some storms in the last for uh, three, four months of the year for me that I did, I just frankly, admittedly did not weather well at all. It goes to show how shaky those habits were that I had put in place, um, how vulnerable those routines were that I had in place. Um, Hmm. they, they, they didn't survive. And as a result, there was just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. That's, I mean, that's a big, chunk to bite off when we're just talking about the word because I have this sort of spread out throughout my review and renew document but you know everything's connected you know so mm-hmm. it's, it's hard not to move into these other areas um, in answering your question sure you know I I had a similar experience um, coming to an understanding of how important habits are in weathering the difficult phases of life years and years ago I went through a really tough time where I had a gnarly breakup with uh, my girlfriend at the time um, my stepmother was diagnosed with ter- terminal cancer and, you know, some career stuff was sort of falling apart and I had a lot of self-doubt about my abilities when it comes to my chosen life path. And I was in therapy uh, and my therapist was so wonderful and frank about me really making an effort to define what my sort of pillars, my anchors were in life, those things that I could almost like hang on to so the storm didn't sweep me away. And it sounds exactly like what you're talking about. Like, how do you install those habits in your life that that will keep you grounded and not swept up by the hurricane that can often ensue? So I guess my question here is, is why did these habits sort of fall away or crumble in this? Like, why, why were they not sturdy enough? I don't know that I've had that revelation yet. I don't know that I think I'm still uh, exploring that. Uh, I am also in therapy. And, you know, one of the things that I will uh, talk about later about what didn't work is, is not going sooner. I think it was a combination of, of things. I think that rituals and habits hadn't been in place for very long. 
Um, so there's a, there's something to be said for urgency. I think that either they were not strong enough or taking it from a point of view of being personally responsible, I, w- I wasn't willing to make myself a priority, I guess. You know, I, uh, there, there's probably a lot of a lack of self-worth tied up in that. I wasn't making it something that was uncompromisable. And then, the, and then, the, and the last thing I was going to say is the external forces that ended up being the the storm itself were huge. The the biggest uh, I had ever experienced in my life, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about just shy of like people dying, really important. You know, key people in my life passing yeah. away. Uh, that didn't happen, but it, it's like it might as well have. Yeah. For the impact that it had on on me, so. I think that's the common, and you know, like I said, I'm trying not to, I, it's not about blaming those external forces. I, I get to be responsible for, for all of it, but in an effort to answer your question, I guess. Hmm. It can often feel like, you know, the world happens to us and we have to, we just have to do our best to sort of, you know, parry and dance uh, with the circumstances that exist and that we're all sort of at the whim of, of external forces. And it, it can feel like that, uh, I kind of think that's an illusion. I think that's a really convincing illusion. But the fact is that we all create the world. Um, I mean, if you want to get really sort of new agey about it, matter is just condensed thought. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting kind of, you know, physical about it, like metaphysical about it. But but really, it comes down to um, whatever is happening in our lives are, are things that we have created by repeatedly thinking about and, and subconsciously setting our intention and doing the actions that bring those, those things about everything from like freak car accidents to disease to some people might even say natural disasters. And I think that you say, and what you just said, which is, you know, taking responsibility for it is a really important thing. We've talked about this in the podcast many times, but I, I want to just bring this up again because it, when it comes to, when it hits so close to home, uh, as it is right now in your life, and it feels like people are, are, have passed away. Like it feels like a death owning that, uh, you know what, this is not something that is happening to me. This is something that I am happening with in time right now. That's a, a powerful come from. And I think something that ultimately informs our art in in the ways that nothing else can. So just wanted to drop that one in there. Yeah. Thanks for that. You know, there's a lot more, that could be said about it. But since we're on the, you know, the word for 2016, I think that <clears throat> that was the most succinct way that I could, you know, kind of explain that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm also curious to hear, you know, what your experience was of, of you, you and your word uh, for 2016, which was music, because I know that you had similar uh, victories and pitfalls in the same, maybe not the same way, but, but regarding your, your word. Yeah. You know, this was the first year that I actually formally set a word uh, that I can recall. Maybe I did it in years past, but I wasn't really, I didn't have much conviction around it, but this Mm. year my word was music and, uh, it was an anchor for me in that I, I, it sort of was a, a reminder, but the reminder felt a little more like a thorn in my side than an actual guiding principle. And I think part of that was because I was, I was ambiguous about what the word actually meant. It, it, for me, I remember saying that it actually meant both 
the act of making music and also kind of going with the flow or, or going with the song of life or something, you know, like kind of artsy fartsy like that. So it wasn't specific enough and I didn't have it tied to a specific goal. I had it tied to a sort of specific practice, which was spending at least 15 minutes a day playing my guitar or writing, you know, music in some way. But again, it wasn't tied to a specific outcome. And I'm learning that that's really what I need. I, I am like a singular focus kind of guy. I'm, I'm so impressionable. I'm so like shiny object, squirrel, um, vulnerable that I, I operate best when it's like clear, concise expectations with a deadline. So the, the word worked for me and didn't. It worked for me because uh, I did finish, write, and, or compose or whatever. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I did my own version of uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, and I got that up on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and, and Pandora and all that fun stuff, which was really pretty cool to see my name up there and have something out there that I'm, I feel proud of. And I also put together a handful of instrumental tracks and posted them up on SoundCloud, but it was nowhere near the output that I was sort of um, envisioning back in January. Yeah, going forward in 2017, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but my word for 2017, I feel really good about it. It feels very close to home and something that is much more of a sort of direct path to uh, the, the ways of being, which ultimately creates uh, our lives. I, uh, I want to just make a sort of mental note because this is going to come up again huge for me later on when we talk about what's next, uh, the, what you said about I, I can't remember exactly how you put it, but like singularly focused or whatever, like you have, you know, shiny object syndrome <clears throat> and, and having a goal or having something to work for, or having some kind of results that you're after are really, you know, supportive for you. And I, I know that about myself and yet I wasn't give, giving myself the gift of like having an actual thing to work for or work towards, which is so almost stupid like it's so like sh short-sighted <laughs> to know that about oneself and then not say yeah let's put this you know this this goal this whatever it is some kind of you know talisman out there that you're trying to get to um that you can as you like to say trev reverse engineer and break down those steps backwards so that you know how you know the the steps that you're going to take to get there and so I, I, I'm giving myself that um, in 2017. I just wanted to kind of make a, a quick mental note of, of you saying that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, old habits die hard, but uh, also, you know, earning our transformation, earning the next level of our own evolution is what makes it so sweet. So I'm with you on that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's, I, I, it, this episode is feeling a little bit sort of down right now to me. So let's talk about some of the victories. <laughs> I was, oh my God, it's so funny you said that because I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, wait, Trev, but you had some wins. Let's talk about the victories yeah. from 2016. I think we both do. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's jump into that and s some, some happier times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've got some cool stuff. You booked, you booked, booked, burked. I don't know where that came from. You booked your first national TV spot. Um, you went to Alaska, you got paid, uh, as an actor, of course. Um, you had a nice meditation practice. I mean, tell us about what, what worked like, let's just do like a kind of point by point, uh, of the victories here this year. 
Uh, yeah, well, I already talked about paying ma- down uh, massive amounts of debt. Um, uh, I, oh, you know what I didn't uh, put on that list is I joined the union. I yes, joined you SAG-AFTRA, did. which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, as a result of booking my first uh, national television spot, which is, of course, a huge acting victory. And I got paid in smaller amounts, too, doing little shows here and there. But, you know, just to, just to show up to a place where, you know, you, you're, I, I get to work on my craft and I get to work with other actors and a director, you know, in, in some cases they fed me. And then when I left, I got a check later for that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. there's a, there's, you know, t- speaking of being this, well, I was being a paid actor, like that's, that's huge. <clears throat> you know, all of that comes together to, to make for a, uh, at least decently successful, uh, year of, of, of being an actor. Yeah. Lots of auditions, lots of creating new relationships, and and also just giving me some some new ideas moving forward, which we'll talk about in the what in the what's next. But just you know, we talk about being specific and using a sniper rifle and and all of those things. And I think there are some things about m- my personality and my beingness and uh, my myself as an actor that I was not giving enough sort of weight and, and credence to. And I think those types of discoveries this year were actually big wins. And I'll talk about how I'm going to apply those moving forward in the, in the what's, what's next section. And then for, you know, a, a, a short amount of time, uh, about a month and a half, yeah, about, about six weeks or so, these habits and routines and stuff, they, they, they were actually uh, functioning. Uh, I was, uh, using, you know, plant nanny and I was meditating every day using, um, you know, Habitica to, to do check-ins and, 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 and like be urgent about the tasks that I was, you know, completing. Um, and this was all before, uh, what we're referring to now as the, as the storm. So there was a, a large, chunk of time, the routines, the habits and everything was, was in place and functioning and effective, uh, functioning well, combined with some of the more tangibles that I just just mentioned, you know, I think is what what all worked this year, and uh, you know, a lot to a lot to celebrate in that. I sent out my first actor newsletter, uh, as you mentioned, went to Alaska. Um, we bought a car. We didn't have a car at the beginning of 2015 mm-hmm. or 20, uh, 2016. So big uh, chunks, big steps yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, and uh, excited to take that momentum into 2017. You're looking back at your year, there's so much that you did. And I have to acknowledge you for the balance that, from my perspective, you continually find in your career. I mean, you within weeks or maybe a month of, the, of, of booking this, this, your first national TV spot, um, you took a trip to Alaska. Like, that was a, such a nice sort of balance to, like, going all in and making something happen, you know, doing the work and then treating yourself to some sort of relax and recharge time. Even with the storm and, and all the things and that we've talked about in the first part of this episode, there's a lot here to celebrate. And it looks like it was a really productive year from this perspective, from this vantage point, you know? Yeah. Part, I mean, I think that's probably part of the reason you and I love uh, doing these so much is because, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. It's like, oh, I wish I had accomplished X, Y and Z or like I didn't get this or, blah, you know, and the stuff we were talking yeah. about in the first part of the episode, like, oh, man, this is feeling kind of down. But then you list off all the you know things that you actually declared and delivered 
mm-hmm. you know, in dream, declare, deliver, like we declared these things and they actually came to pass. We go, oh, yeah, we do that as people, don't we? We really focus on what's not working. That's that's a thing that humans do. And, and there's so much to, to, to celebrate in every single moment of every single day. And yet we always seek out what's wrong, like a heat-seeking missile, and then we just meditate on that. It's it's funny how we do it, and I think you know there's merit to it. There's usefulness in that, but uh, but hey, look at all the stuff that, that is working. Yeah, that's a it is a pretty cool list. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I'm excited to, to talk about yours too because one of the things I, I it's funny that you said like you have you know you have the shiny object syndrome and 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 sometimes have a hard time focusing because I always see you as declaring these huge things and then like just crushing them. Um, so like your workouts, for instance, you hit your, you know, 300 plus goal again, you're, uh, you know, you were like, Oh, well, I'm going to try out this vegan diet thing and then just completely crush that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, to me from an outsider's perspective as, as well, outsider, as outsider, as a, as a best friend could be like, I, I, I always admire, like, I'm like, damn, like you, you make these huge declarations and then, and then crush them. So, I'm looking through the list here. Your major declarations all pretty much, you know, you you crush them. Why don't you not only talk about that, but I guess what worked? Yeah, well, my my major declarations, I remember having two sort of main things that I really wanted to put to the test in 2016. And the first one was a vegan diet. And the second one was affirmations. All this, you know, reading and talk I've I've experienced about, uh, you know, affirmations, auto-suggestion, as Napoleon Hill would call it. Um, you know, that being the sort of keystone habit to creating change in your life and attracting and creating the things you want. So the vegan diet was the first thing. And I got to say, man, uh, you know, I have a very insatiable brain. I just love to soak up information. It's as much of a curse as it is a blessing. So I've done a lot of research on plant-based diets. You know, what are the pitfalls? What are the benefits? What are the things that, that people tend to, um, sort of screw up when they try a plant-based diet and, and why do people go on the internet and say that, you know, they fainted on a train when they did a plant-based diet and other people live, you know, beat cancer four times in a row and then live to 120 years old in the best shape of their lives on a plant-based diet. Like what's, what's the difference? And we had this interview with Tessie Tracy where she talked about bioindividuality um, and different bodies having different needs. And I think that's true to a point I mean, I'm not certified anything, uh, but I've done a lot. I've really made myself a student of this stuff. And I, I do think that if you regularly subject your body to positive stress, to you stress, namely exercise, you know, intense cardio sessions, um, you know, weight bearing exercises, and you do it on a regular basis, I'm talking like three to six times a week. That does wonders for your hormonal profile. Your hormones will sort of recalibrate themselves to be much closer to sort of what a normal, healthy human being would be. Is, is And I, I say that because there's so many toxins and junk foods and things in our lives that throw those hormones off on a regular basis. So I, I really think that the, the magic pill is exercise. And if you combine exercise with a well-researched and varied plant-based diet – you're not going to have all the problems that are out there that people are blogging about, about, you know, plant-based diets being inadequate to, um, to a human body's, you know, needs. Um, and I've, you know, I've been doing this for 14 months now. 
and I feel great. Uh, I don't feel necessarily better than I felt uh, when I was not eating plant-based diet specifically, but I think that's because I was already eating so clean. But I've had no problem recovering from workouts, no problem building muscle, no problem um, with anything. Uh, in fact, if, if anything, um, I feel better than I ever thought I'd feel at 35 years old. And I'm definitely performing um, just fine. Like I'm not, I don't feel like a 35 year old man. And I see some of my friends who are in their mid thirties and I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know, not, not to judge them, but just to, to, to see sort of what the norm is and to, to sort of objectively or as objectively as possible, look at where I am. I feel good about what I'm doing. So long story short, vegan diet, huge success. Uh, I'm definitely committed to it for life for many other reasons, uh, other than just personal um, but feeling good on that. So that one was put to the test. Big win. Uh, affirmations being put to the test. This is something that I learned a little bit later in the year, really just the past month or two. I've been doing more reading about this. And um, affirmations are great. You know, having your, your positive sayings every morning and every night. I think they're great. But what I'm learning um, is you, you can't just say the words. I mean, this sounds obvious, but you, you got to really put some feeling and some belief and some imagery and some emotion behind the affirmations. And that takes effort. It takes, you got to close your eyes and sort of feel and experience these, these things that you want as if they were actually in your life. And I'm learning that, and you guys know me, I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm pretty new agey. So, um, I apologize if this is a turnoff for you, but, uh, that's how we communicate as human beings with the universe, with infinite intelligence, with the cosmic mind. The cosmic mind doesn't care about the words that we say. It doesn't care about anything really other than what our emotions are. That's how we communicate with it and call things into our lives and, and, and also repel other things is the emotions that we have. And the coolest thing is that we can control those emotions. We can summon them at will with practice by really tying them to um, affirmations. So affirmations are like the surface level thing. If you take each one and go deeper with it on a regular basis, I find that not only does that actually really feel good <laughs> for like, it's just fun to do to sort of imagine your ideal life and, and really experience it on an emotional level. But also in doing that, you almost always, you I'll say, I'll talk for myself. I almost always, it's almost always, always becomes obvious what the next action steps are. So it's one thing to sort of have fun laying on your bed, imagining the future, and it's another to actually get up and do something to bring that future into your reality. And, uh, and, and the visualization practice that I've, I've just adopted in the past couple months has really informed what those next actions are. It's almost always really obvious, like, oh, okay, the first step to making this happen is I've got to go do this. And it's, it, that's the coolest thing. So I would say that putting affirmations to the test this year, although they sort of bore fruit much later in the year than I thought, um, I'm definitely experiencing the power of them. So putting them to the test also, you know, checkmark success. So those were my two big uh, tests for the year, and, and they both uh, turned out great. And I'm excited to continue working with them. Um, and as far as the other goals go, um, yeah, workouts, um, 315 as of this recording, still got a week or so left in the year. So I'm going to keep going. And that's, that's <laughs> all, that's all on account of my morning ritual. Uh, I work out first thing in the morning, pretty much every day. And these workouts were P90X2, P90X3, Body Beast. I did a little stint there where I was running for a while and I decided I hated that. 
uh, been biking. I took some long, long walks to and from our place of work, which was fun. It takes me about an hour and four minutes to, to walk the four miles between here and uh, the Douglas. And uh, that's, those are really nice. I count them as a workout because you do work up a sweat. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What I didn't do was swim this year. I didn't get back in the pool with my team at all. But um, that's really something that I feel has been calling to me. Uh, so I'm going to make that a big goal for 2017. And then just a few other things. I read 33 books this year. Uh, I continued my everyday streak with meditation and journaling. I completed The Artist's Way. Uh, I really did intentionally practice the, the GTD productivity system. And uh, another big win was I learned how to fast intermittently. So for those of you who aren't familiar, intermittent fasting is going without food for um, extended periods of time. And extended is obviously a subjective word. You know, for some people, extended periods of time is four hours. Some people, extended periods of time are 10 days. Uh, for me, I've been doing the Eat, Stop, Eat protocol, which is basically once or twice a week going 20 to 24 hours with n no food whatsoever. And at first, it was really difficult, but the body is built for survival. And my, my, like literally your cells get hardier, they become stronger. And, uh, and I find now that, um, that's another great way to sort of calibrate your hormones is to practice fasting, uh, once or twice a week. And, um, for me, it's just as much of a spiritual practice as it is a, a physical one. So that was a big win this year as well. I really installed that in my life and I feel great about, I, I look forward to the days where I don't eat, which <laughs> is a ridiculous statement to hear coming out of my mouth, but, uh, I really do. I look forward to the days when I don't eat. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so, so for, in terms of a sort of productivity and, and personal, personally productive and spiritual sort of experience of the year, it was a big success. Um, my routines and rituals have really supported me. I love setting these, these goals and, and, you know, winning at them. That part of my life is on, is on lock. I got that. So um, I'm looking forward to expanding on that next year. Yeah. See, see what a list, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, had an, you had an awesome year. Yeah, it was, it was good. You know, there's always more I wish I could have done. I wish I, I wish I had written more. I wish I had done more music. But, uh, you know, from a maintenance standpoint, as far as my spirit and my heart and my brain and my body goes, I feel really good about the things I have in place. And uh, I wish I had been more social. Um, I wish I had taken more risks traveling and going out and spending the money to experience things. You know, I played it pretty safe in those areas. But I see you highlighting the well, thing I just of my wanted, I'm like, what is this? What is, what is this thing here? Flipping the so, classroom. What does that so mean? So yeah, we, we can now move into, uh, what's next, I suppose. Uh, cause this past year I, I finished, uh, leading another 12 months of the VO to go, go voiceover curriculum in Hollywood once a month. I really enjoy these and I'm really, really excited for next year because next year, starting in January, uh, David called me this, this week and he said, Hey, we're going to be flipping the classroom. Essentially, uh, what we're going to do is instead of people coming to the class and getting the presentation, like I have, you know, PowerPoint slides that I go through, uh, and I basically repeat the information that's already available online. If you're a view to go, go pro member, you can log in and have access to all the videos that he's put together with all the PowerPoints and all the supporting materials. And you can go through them at your own pace in the live classes. I do that. I provide that same exact thing just in person along with an on mic workout. 
and, you know, coaching and feedback and question and answers. So flipping the classroom is basically removing the presentation part of the, those workshops. And so what we're going to be doing now is asking all students to review the videos online before they come to class. And then the class is going to be spending all the time uh, going deeper with those concepts, answering questions, exploring them more deeply, and really getting on the mic and exploring those concepts in performance. So uh, rather than people coming to class and getting the information for the first time there, they come to the class having already reviewed the information and asking questions. So the homework is to actually get all the info, and then you come to class to go deeper with it. I'm stoked for that, and that's going to be in January. So great time to jump in if you're thinking about it. Epic. I, the, the rabbit hole when you Google this is pretty, <clears throat> pretty deep because it's all, you know, tied up, tied in with the education. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the world. It's really cool to think to, to, we're starting to really understand how people learn. You know, there's different modalities for absorbing information. You know, some people are like we talked about, some people are oral learners, meaning they, they learn best through listening. Some people need to see it. Some people need to get their hands dirty and actually physically do it. Um, and I think the the neurological processes that that happen when you learn new concepts are absolutely fascinating. And flipping the classroom is is uh, definitely a foray into how humans learn more effectively. And that's just a whole you know fascination in itself. Uh, I I can't stop. This is like so much information. <laughs> like what is happening? Yeah. On that note, let's talk about what's next. Um, your word for next year is rebirth. Yeah. Uh, how, how is this? Uh, how is well, this a guiding principle for you? The segue is not far off because actually one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately is learning. I just have been thinking a lot lately about you know uh, people like you. Um, I have another really good friend who's a you know a perpetual. Uh, student, um, and it's not just about you know the amount of reading that you do, which is uh, you know always inspirational, but it's about a, uh, a way in which we, as human beings, view life and our time here. Like there's just a, there's a curiosity, there's a there's a there's a hunger for knowledge, there's a there's a there's a seeking of um, not necessarily answers, but maybe more questions. And I I, I just feel like I have allowed myself to uh, in the 10 years, the uh, 10 years, uh, since I've graduated from, <laughs> from college, uh, to allow that to slip away. And <clears throat> the, the way that I, uh, think my, 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 the way that my brain works is I, I, I crave structure. I need structure in order to accomplish things. I have a hard time self regulating said structure. And so if I have a book, a class, a goal, a, a, a thing that um, supports me in making something happen, I will make it happen and I will do it with some urgency and some excellency, but I will, I will not necessarily create that structure to begin with. And so uh, over the last several years, actually, I have tried different things to, um, to get myself to be a student, 
with uh, you know some success and 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 a lot of failure. And so the the word that I've chosen for 2017 is rebirth, because I I can't help but feel like the only way that I'm going to be able to accomplish the really big goals of my life, to become that perpetual student, to break through some of the breakdowns of 2016, is to kind of blow everything up and and, and start from a from a blank slate, from from mm-hmm. from nothing from nothing we can create anything. I am in a mode right now of questioning so much about myself, who I be, how I operate in the world, where it all comes from, exploring, uh, for instance, in therapy, like what were the sort of inciting factors to the the person that I've become. And I want to just completely blow it up so that I can start from uh, as blank a slate as possible and move into um, uh, this renewed version of myself for 2017. So rebirth is about exploring the, the stories with which I've structured my life and, and essentially doing away with them altogether, uh, to create something, uh, completely new and, and new and improved. I'm, I'm starting to sound like a self uh, infomercial. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and then all of my my goals are for 2017 are are with that in mind that um, I crave structure and I want to yeah completely blow up the the you know the person that I've been to create something brand new. Wow, no small task. <laughs> the no, com- the complete reinvention of, of yourself as a person is, is uh, enough to keep anybody busy for a lifetime. My, my question is, I mean, you've got some awesome goals here, some big rock goals, but uh, what is your sort of practice or, or, or next step for actually going about um, manifesting your word, rebirth? So the work has already begun. Dark Nights of the Soul is, is huge, and the paths that have already and will continue to come out of that book, um, the, the therapy, um, I am not only in one-on-one individual therapy, I am seeking uh, some group therapy, couples therapy, continued you know, reading, and also just uh, uh, an awareness um, so meditation, getting back to meditation will be huge because the awareness of like, oh, why do I do that thing? And it could be anything. Why do I speak the way that I speak? Why do I talk to people the way that I do? Uh, why do I believe this certain thing about myself? What has me uh, do anything that I do? And that awareness has been steadily growing over the last few weeks, and it's been really fascinating. <clears throat> so all of that combined is the sort of the breakdown. It's the continuation of the breakdown from the storm. I'm, I'm allowing myself to continue to break down before mm-hmm. rebuilding, if that makes sense. So that's the, that's the sort of phase that I'm in right now in, in terms of rebirth. And then on the other side of that, uh, my hope or my stand is that I will put these, um, for instance, these big rock goals, as you just called them, in place so that I have um, things to focus on. And my stand is that my my ways of getting there will be different and riskier and not 
part of the same method methodology that got me to where I am right now. In other words, as I'm moving towards these goals, I'm going to be acutely aware of, am I getting to these goals in the same way that I've always, that I've gotten mm-hmm. to like every other goal in my life? Or am I risking and trying you know, new things in order to get there? Wow. You, wow. Yeah. You baked my noodle a little bit just now when you said that you're continuing, you're allowing yourself to continue the breakdown, mm. uh, moving through it just mindfully and intentionally and, and just, um, being aware of the processes at work. That is, that is awesome. That is, uh, that is, that is definitely a revelation from I mean, it, it, you know, he doesn't use those exact words, but that's a revelation from Dark Nights of the Soul wow. is, is, you know, um, rather than judging the breakdown and judging the sadness and, and, and thinking that life <clears throat> is all about being happy and then figuring out how to bust through the obstacles that keep you from being happy, as opposed to acknowledging those obstacles and those Dark Nights of the Soul as being you know, learning opportunities and beautiful things in and of themselves, you know, that's what, that's, that's what that book is all about. And so that's where that revelation is coming from. It's like, I get to hold my feet to the fire and continue to experience the breakdowns that have been caused by this storm. Um, so that I can, can continue to keep everything in question. Why, do I do things the way that I do? And so <clears throat> as I move towards these goals, these what's what's next goals for 2017, that will be my focus. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's uh, time to put it on the line. Public. Let's let's publicly declare these goals. I want to I want to hear you say it. Uh, what, what are these uh, these big four big rock? And I'm using the term big rock. That's a Stephen Covey thing. Um, in case anybody's wondering what the hell I'm talking about. So these big rock goals, um, let's hear it, man. Declare it. Um, okay, so I broke it up into domains. So I have uh, a big career goal, which is to get cast in the 2018 CBS Diversity Showcase. Uh, we can talk more about that in future episodes, but um, that is going to be the the talisman that I put out there so that I have a goal to drive towards, and then I'll be reverse engineering that and all the aspects of, 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 of how to get there and what's necessary and um, how to reinvent myself or rebirth myself to, to get there. Number two, my big creative goal is to finally complete the artist way. I'm excited to do it with our, with our members, our membership, and not do it perfect. I've gotten very close several times, so it will be, it will be, I will be finishing it this time big personal goal is to create these routines, especially around health and fitness that are sustainable. Frankly, I don't know what that looks like yet because I'm still allowing myself to be in the breakdowns, but I just know that whatever they are, they get to be so bulletproof so as to weather at least most storms. So creating uh, whatever routines, however simple they are and and, and hopefully self-generated they are, to, to make sure that they stick, they have, they have, they have some stickiness. And number four, a big, my big spiritual goal, I'm calling it is to return to, uh, a, a meditation, my meditation practice and focus out, focus out, focus out like most humans, uh, because of our evolutionary need for survival, 
uh, I, I have a selfish streak and I, I want to focus on turning that around and, and focusing it, focusing it out. Cause I, I wouldn't call myself a selfish person. I just think I have a selfish streak. And um, I think returning to a meditation practice and focusing out um, will be huge uh, for not only my awareness, uh, but also for the, the relationships that I have in my life and, and the quality of those relationships. Awesome, man. Awesome. Commenting on that last point, um, meditation, I can't overstate how transformative meditation practice has been for me. I talked about this a few episodes ago, but the technique of familiarizing oneself with, with finding and living in a space between thoughts is quite possibly the most powerful thing I've ever learned in my life. And, uh, here's a case in point. I hear the leaf blower outside coming up pretty soon. I mean, it, it just stopped, but it was happening earlier and I hate the sound of leaf blowers. Like you would not believe, I just can't stand the sound and they come around like six times a week. And I'm like, wow, you're just blowing leaves around the alleyway. Like you're not even doing anything. And they hang out for like a half hour. And I always find myself just sort of like getting all sort of uptight and angry about it. And what I've learned from a meditation practice is to simply note the response literally say, Oh, okay. There is anger. There is frustration. And I just, just the act of labeling it all of a sudden removes me from the, the trigger experience, the triggered experience of just, of, of getting enrolled in that emotion and just going like, okay, I, I aware that I'm experiencing this. And all of a sudden it's something that's separate from you. You are not that response. You are not that emotion. You are not that thought. You are a person experiencing that, but knowing that you can pull away from that and just go like, Oh, isn't that interesting? And just sort of watch it. It's not about detachment or, or anything sort of like unhealthy like that. It's just simply acknowledging what's happening and then choosing whether or not you want to continue intentionally with that experience. So hearing you talk about that, I think is also a powerful way to inform and manifest, uh, your word rebirth. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to use head, sure. you need headspace to, to, to meditate, continue using that? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm just contemplating whether or not I, I'm going to start over. Um, because you know, I was, I, I completed the, what's it, what do they call it? Yeah, the like beginning the, the starter pack, yeah. the starter pack. I completed yeah. that. And then, uh, I was partway through like a, the, I think it was, I think I was doing the creativity one or something. And so I'm just contemplating, like, oh, should I start from the beginning of that second pack or start at the very beginning, beginning? So, yeah. <clears throat> but yes, I'll be using Headspace. Cool. I, I, I fell off the wagon a while ago with Headspace. I stopped using it. And when I restarted, I actually did do that starter pack again. And I found that it was really um, supportive to just sort of reintroduce myself to some of the concepts that I had forgotten. So for what it's worth, you didn't ask, but I would, I would invite, <laughs> I would invite you to, to start over with that. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, it, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, so your word for 2017, um, I see some of your big rocks here. I love these. Uh, oh, it's funny. You picked four as well. Your guiding word for 2017. And this is interesting. We've talked a lot about this, but your guiding word for 2017 is vulnerability. Um, yeah. you want to talk about why you chose this word and some of the things that's going to help you support you in accomplishing uh, next year? Yeah, yeah. And I realized this year that music was too ambiguous. I, I didn't I didn't back that up with a way of being. 
And so vulnerability, I realized, is what I was afraid of. That's what was stopping me. It was, I was sweating <laughs> like you wouldn't believe when I was uh, hitting the publish button uh, for that cover of Hurt that I did. And I realized it was just, I was so afraid of being vulnerable. I was so afraid of people seeing um, something that I had sunk a lot of my my soul into. And and so I realized vulnerability was the, was the thing that was keeping me from doing that. And on a larger scale, vulnerability is what keeps me in my little, you know, safety bubble most of the time. And so my guiding word for 2017 is vulnerability. And that encompasses everything, but specifically around music and writing and sharing and communicating and taking risks with travel, with being more social. It's really something that um, I look forward to uh, embodying every single day. You, you can't make any progress in life without taking risk, without extending yourself and burying the soft parts of yourself and saying like, all right, you know, here it is. Be gentle. Um, without that, nothing of substance really happens. And so that's my guiding word. And, uh, the, the way that I really want to embody that is, um, when I use that word in an approach to my art, my creative work, um, especially when it comes to music, it feels really real, really present and mm. really potent. Like just, just like there's a fire there, you know, there's a fire underneath that. So, um, yeah, my, one of my big rocks is to write, record, produce and release an EP or even an album of music. And I want to make that a singular focus this year. It's just something that will not go away in my life. And it doesn't need to be perfect. That's what I learned from the artist's way, from finishing that. It does not need to be perfect. It just needs to be true. It needs to be authentic. And that's all about vulnerability. And uh, a way that I'm going to keep myself accountable to this is I have this weekly letter that I write that I, I know you read, AJ. I send it every Sunday. And uh, I've just sort of reverted recently to a more honest, intimate um, sort of uh, sharing of my process and my thoughts and things like that, inner, inner workings. And I want to share the process of making this, this piece of art over the next year through that letter primarily. Um, I'm not going to be spending as nearly as much time on social media this year. The book Deep Work that I talked about recently on the, sh on the show had a really profound impact on me. And I realized that I could, you know, go to my grave having satisfaction about some tweets and Facebook posts that I sent and feeling good about people liking them. Or I could take that time and make art and something that feels true and real uh, in the world and making something that's, that's really going to uh, satisfy me in a much deeper level. I don't think anyone's going to be talking about my Facebook posts or tweets at my, you know, at my memorial service. They're going to be talking Oof. about what I, what I did with my one wild and whatever that um, quote is from Mary Oliver, your one wild and crazy life or something like that moving into 2017 with, with a lot of clarity in terms of how I spend my time, what I want to create, the substance that I want to experience uh, in life. That's what my, my word and my life is going to be focused on moving forward. Wow. Yeah. So I've got some other big wow. rocks that uh, you can read uh, in the membership on my um, document here, but, uh, but that's it. So I want to, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you, AJ, what your one main recommendation if you could boil all of your year down to one resource whether it's a book or a documentary or a place to visit um, whatever it is if you could boil it down to one resource that you could impart to our listeners and invite them to check out for the opportunity to make a big difference in their life what would that one 
resource, that one recommendation for 2016 be? I mean, I, I know it's recent and I know it's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of primacy uh, it, it, or uh, sorry, recency in, in this in this pick. But I really do feel like <clears throat> and encapsulates so much of not only my year, but um, some of my other picks. But Dark Knights of the Soul really actually it actually encapsulates some of the uh, stuff from from Big Magic, including allowing yourself, oneself, myself uh, to express the the darkness, the learning that comes from the darkness, the um, the breakdowns of our lives through art, through some kind of art. And it talks about art in the way that Elizabeth Gilbert does in, in Big Magic in the Art can be it can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be necessarily a, a, a poem or a <clears throat> or a, a, a song or uh, acting or or what have you. It can look a lot of different ways. So I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to say Dark Knights of the Soul. I mean I know I ju- I'm just reading it now, but I really do feel like it it, it is indispensable. So that's awesome. that's that's my pick. What's you have uh, one like a. It's it's like pick instead of pick of the week, it's like pick of the year. Yeah, pick of the year, totally. <laughs> pick totally. of the year. What's your pick of the year, sir? Yeah, I mean, if I could if I could recommend one thing that people check out, the thing that that if I went back and lived this year again and only had one resource upon which to sort of build my life, I'd have to say mine is also very recent too. That book, Deep Work. That book really got me to take a look at my life and ask myself the hard questions about what I'm creating. Am I being intentional and mindful, not only in my you know creative time, but also in my professional life, but also my relationships, relationships with myself, relationships with other people. Uh, it really took me uh, for a ride. <laughs> and uh, I, I would say if you're going to read one book this year, from you know from the books that i've read uh, i would make it that one so there's a lot that we didn't get to on each other's uh annual review documents so again i would invite you guys listening to check them out in the membership Uh, both aj and i will post these in there and you can read some of the finer details and see some of the goals and, and and revelations and lessons learned that we didn't get to on this episode and looking forward, of course, to seeing your guys' reviews if you choose to participate and share the same kind of thing. And I'm going to go ahead and make mine a shareable Google document as well as posting the text in the membership. So I invite your comments, your thoughts, um, your advice and suggestions and things like that. I invite all of that um, on my review. That does it for this episode. Yeah? Anything else? Uh, no, man. I think that's it. That was a big one, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, well, hey, we 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 try to collapse a year down into an hour or so. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, we are always open to your feedback, your thoughts, uh, ways we can make this thing better. Let us know. Call us. Email us. Tweet at us. Comment on the episode uh, website posts. You know, whatever it is, uh, we're don't be shy. We're very open to that, and we won't take it personally. Promise. Unless, of course, you really really like it, then we will absolutely take that personally. Uh, today's episode of this podcast was produced and hosted by me uh, and you, AJ. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadella Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. And Fern Lim designed our logo. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you do nothing else, uh, as Trevor said, a favorable review on iTunes goes a long 
long way because it's kind of like putting a tip in our tip jar when it helps other people find the show. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award four years in a row. You can get started with a free uh, class online at VO2GoGo.com slash start. And you can also join me in Hollywood starting next month, January, to flip the classroom and really go deep with some of this stuff. So big thanks to those guys and a big thanks to you, uh, you listening. You guys can support the show with a financial contribution, a favorable review on iTunes, uh, retweets, kind public words, and by subscribing to our newsletter. Just visit InsideActing.net to get started. And a big thank you to all of you who have supported and continue to support the show financially. You make this thing happen. Thank you very, very much for keeping us... um, essentially employed in making a podcast uh, and, and getting this thing out to you every week. And a equally big thank you to those of you who are considering uh, supporting the podcast in the future. You can make a one-time, no-strings-attached, tax-deductible contribution via PayPal, Square, or Venmo. Just visit insideacting.net slash contribute or go ahead and sign up as a member. Make it automatic at 7 bucks a month. And that'll get you access to our private member message board. It'll get you invites to exclusive events, fun freebies like T-shirts, special bonus content, and more. Uh, Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab to explore that option. That's it for episode 261, our uh, 2016 review and renew for 2017 episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening, for your contributions, for your ears every week. We'll see you next week, and in the meantime, review and renew.